0: Amen. Jeremiah chapter 9 this morning and Galatians chapter 6. Two portions of scripture I want us to read together. Jeremiah chapter 9 and verse 23. That's in your Old Testament. Then we're going to go to the book of Galatians. And we're going to read out of the sixth chapter which is in your New Testament. Galatians chapter 6. But we're going to begin with the prophet Jeremiah. In uh, the Old Testament this morning. As we begin our uh, celebration of the uh, Advent season this morning, and we start to think about the uh, birth of Christ and the gift of God that has been made available to us through Jesus, I want to introduce to you our sermon series for this season uh, entitled, Give Me Jesus. Can you say that with me this morning? Say, Give Me Jesus. You know, sometimes people ask you, what do you want for Christmas? And our answer this year is, give me Jesus. How many of you know that Jesus is the greatest gift you could ever receive? Nothing under the Christmas tree this year could possibly compare to having Jesus in your life. And nothing on Black Friday could possibly compare to having Jesus in your life. Nothing on the dinner table on Thursday could possibly compare to having Jesus in your life. And this morning, the words of the scripture come uh, clearly and boldly to us from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 9, verse 23, thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom, and let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches, but let him who boasts, boast of this, that he understands and knows me. That I am the Lord who exercises loving kindness, justice, and righteousness on the earth. For I delight in these things, declares the Lord. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 14, the words of the Apostle Paul. But may it never be that I would boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me, and I To the world. For there is neither circumcision nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. And those who will walk by this rule, peace and mercy be unto them and unto the Israel of God. Let us pray. Father, we're so grateful this morning for your abundant goodness to us. When we think about all that you have done, our hearts rejoice, for we have considered ourselves to be unworthy, and yet you made us worthy and called us children of God. And Today, as we come to your word, I pray that you would anoint my lips of clay to preach the word of the living God, and that you would anoint the hearing of this congregation, that they might hear the word and receive it as seed sown into the fertile soil of their hearts. We ask that in Jesus' name, and the church said amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. The Apostle Paul was a man unequaled in the list of apostles that you find in the New Testament. He was a scholar of Jewish religion who had been trained by the Rabbi Gamaliel. He was a man of incredible intellect. and That comes across clearly as you read the words of the Apostle Paul who wrote nearly half of the New Testament. When he wrote to the Philippians, he said, I was a Hebrew among the Hebrew, a Jew among the Jew. Paul expressed to them that he was a Jew's Jew, a Hebrew's Hebrew. He was uh, among the top and the elite of his race, of his religion. He had many things in which to boast, many things of which to consider himself proud. He had accomplished a great deal for The church as well, after having become a minister of the gospel and a convert to the uh, message of Jesus, he could have boasted in the fact that he wrote, as I mentioned, so much of the New Testament. Paul might even have boasted in the fact that he suffered more for the cause of Christ than many other Christians, even to this day. He might even have boasted in the fact that he was able to see Jesus on several occasions, risen from the dead, and that he had been taken in a vision to the very presence of God. He said, I was taken into the first heaven, the second heaven, and the third heaven. So he could have boasted about all of those things. And yet when we read his writing to the Galatians, he says to them, I will not boast in anything. He said, God forbid that I should boast in anything except the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. He understood that his religion and his accomplishments in religion were nothing compared to knowing Christ. He understood that having uh, intellect and wisdom was nothing compared to knowing Christ. He understood that having the accolades and the affirmation of men and even the church was nothing in comparison to knowing Christ. And so this morning, I want to encourage us to be like the Apostle Paul and to boast in the Lord Jesus Christ. When you think about where you're going to build your life. When you think about the foundation upon which you're going to build your family. The foundation upon which you're going to rest your eternal soul. There is only one foundation worth your complete and total confidence. And that is the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why Jesus, you might say, why preacher, why do I have to trust In Jesus alone, why can I not boast in any other thing? Why should I not put confidence in any other thing? Well, I want to bring before you a few reasons this morning. The first of them is this, that Jesus is the centerpiece of all of the Bible. When you read the Bible, you are reading a book that was inspired by the Holy Spirit. God himself has written to you this book that you might come to know him in this divine revelation, this book that is a miracle in and of itself, from Genesis to Revelation, we read through the Bible and we see one thread flowing through every book, every chapter, every page, and every verse. What is that single theme and thread that runs through the whole Bible? It is Jesus, the Son of God. In the books of the law, he is the promised seed. In the books of history, he is the king who reigned. In the books of poetry and prophecy, he is the song and the wisdom of the ages. In the books of the prophets, he is the expectation of Israel. In the gospels, we see him as the word made flesh. In the book of Acts, we see him as the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. In the letters written by Paul, we see him as the pastor and shepherd of the church. And in the book of Revelation, we see him as king of kings and lord of lords. Through every page of the Bible, there is a testimony given to Jesus. To the fact that there is only one man. One man who could save. One man who could redeem. One man who is worthy of your total confidence. He is Abel's altar. He is Noah's ark. He is the rod of Aaron. He is Moses' tabernacle. He is Joshua's captain. He is Ruth's redeemer. He is David's sling and stone. He is Solomon's wisdom. He is Elijah's fire from heaven. He is Elisha's floating axe head. He is Nehemiah's joy. And he is my friend. Come on somebody. I'm talking about Jesus. The centerpiece Of all of the scripture, the Bible bears witness of him. For Jesus told the Pharisees, he said, you read the scriptures. For in them you think that you will find life. And he said to them, you're right about that. He said, but these scriptures bear witness about me. They're talking about me. They're pointing to me. Jesus was quite clear on that fact. And all of them, the words of Moses and all of the promises given to Abraham were pointing to him as the singular uh, 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 focus of the scriptures. And so, friend, if you reject Christ, you reject the whole Bible. Because Jesus is, all throughout the scriptures, the theme that God wants you to come to know him. Through his son. The Bible says the words of Christ. No one can come to the father. Except he comes through me. Jesus was quite clear on that fact. You want to come to God. You want to understand the scriptures. You have to come through him. Now the second reason. That we boast only in Christ. Is for the reason that the apostle Paul. Mentions. He says I will boast only. In the cross. Of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, some people today, they want Jesus, but they don't want his cross. They want Jesus. They think he's a good teacher, a good philosopher, but they don't want to take the the fact of his death on the cross for themselves. They want to believe that they can get to God on their own merit, on their own strength, on their own goodness. But friends, there is no way to have forgiveness of your sins except to come through the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. For you see it was at the cross that Jesus satisfied all of the demands of God the Father. The holy righteous demands of God. God is a holy God. God is a righteous God. God is a God who must punish evil. Who must be separate from sin. And so at the cross we see that God is righteous and holy. As he puts upon Christ the penalty of our sin he places upon the substitute the, the punishment for our iniquity for the bible said that surely he himself bore our griefs and our sorrows he has carried it was jesus on the cross who satisfied the demands of a holy god so that you and i can stand before god today as having been forgiven washed clean justified by the blood of jesus not our own strength not on our own merit but through the precious blood of the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ it is through the cross that you and I have received justification before God that means that the sinner comes to God by faith and puts his faith in Jesus and God declares the sinner to be righteous before God what does that mean preacher that means that when you came to Jesus here's what he did I used to think that God had a filing cabinet in heaven with all of our files, but now I think it's digital. They've upgraded since then. And so when you came to Jesus, whether you came at an altar in this church or maybe in another church, or you you came to Jesus while listening to Billy Graham on television or on the radio, or maybe you were reading your Bible in a jail cell and you gave your heart to Christ, wherever it was, friend, when you gave your heart to Jesus, the, the Lord opened up your file in heaven. That file that said Isaac de los Santos, he opened that up and he went and he he copied all of the sins that were in my account. He selected every sin that was in my account and then he hit delete and he completely erased the sin that was against you on your account. But you know that's not all that he did. He left that little window open. He went over to the file that said Jesus Christ, Son of God. And he went in there and he selected the whole file. And then he hit copy. And he came over to my file. And he dropped that into my file. And he hit paste. And so now in my file and in your account is the perfect righteousness of Jesus, the Son of the living God. Come on, somebody. It's Jesus alone who can justify you before God. So that when the devil comes around and says, God, don't pay attention to those Kingsway people. You know what they're like. You know what they've done. You know where they've been. The Lord says, well, I don't know. Let me check their file. And when he looks at your file, all he sees is the righteousness of Christ. He sees the blood of Jesus that has made you right before God. That's why this Christmas I say, give me Jesus. Because Jesus alone could do that. I said, Jesus alone can justify you. And make you righteous before God. But you see, Paul gives us a little more here. He says, I will boast only in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because by it, I have been crucified to the world. And the world has been crucified to me. You see, not only does Jesus justify you, friend. And make you righteous before God. But Jesus also has provided the means by which you and I can be sanctified, that you and I can be made like Him. You see, if you are a believer in Jesus, if you're walking with God today, every single day of your life, the Holy Spirit is at work in you, making you more like Jesus. And you might say, well, pastor, some days I don't feel like Jesus at all. Some days I don't even feel like a Christian. Well, if the Holy Spirit is inside of you, he is working on you to make you like Jesus. He to conform you to the image of Jesus, to make you love like Jesus and forgive like Jesus and, and trust like Jesus in the Father. He wants you to have that same Character and nature that you have in your spirit, man. He wants you to have it in your outer man as well. That's what we call sanctification. And this is what the Apostle Paul says. He says that because of the cross, you and I have been crucified to the world. That means that we are dead to sin. We are dead to the world. And the world has been crucified to us. That means that the world no longer has a, 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 a pull or an attraction to us. You understand this, that when you came to Jesus, Jesus not only changed your file in heaven, but he also started to change the files in your mind. He started to transform your mind so that you are no longer attracted to the things that attract the the sinner, but now you're attracted to the things that are desired by God. Now you want righteousness instead of unrighteousness. You used to steal, but now you become generous. You used to lie, but now you tell the truth. You used to live in immorality, but now you live in purity. Come on, somebody. Am I giving anybody's testimony this morning? You've been changed because God has done this transforming work in your life and in your heart. Can I just tell you, friend, maybe this morning you say, Pastor, I'm struggling. I'm struggling with an appetite for sin. I'm struggling with uh, continuing to do the things that I used to do. Can I tell you, friend, the only one that can change that in you is Jesus. Jesus has come so so that sin might lose its power in your life. But you see, the Bible tells us this. That the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. That means that if you give attention to sin in your life, then sin is going to reign in your life. But if you give attention to godliness in your life, then the glory of God is going to reign in your life. The cross has made it possible for the sinner to forsake his sin. The apostle Paul said it like this. He described a man's condition outside of Christ. He says, I want to do something, but I can't do it. And I don't want to do some things, and I end up doing them anyway. Am I telling anybody's story this morning? You know, that is the nature of sin. We were sold into the slavery of sin. And the slave does what the master tells him to do. And so the slave of sin sins because sin tells him to. And the slave to sin has no freedom from that power. But when Jesus comes into your life... He breaks the chains of sin, and now he makes you a slave to a new nature, a slave to righteousness. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about the power of God in the life of the believer, that he can change your appetite. He can change your desires. He can change what you long for and give you the desire of God and of God's presence in your heart. That's why Paul says, I won't boast in any other thing because you see nothing else can break the power of sin in your life. I, I know America has many options for us today. I know there are many options for how you can soothe the pain of your heart. There are many ways that the world offers for you to get free from the chains that bind you. There are many things that can, that can uh, be offered as substitutes to deliver a man or a woman from their shame. I heard a young man telling the story a few days ago about how he survived uh, several attempts at suicide. And he said, well, I was just lucky, I guess. And you see, I thought, what a shame to have been given so many opportunities by God and yet not know that it wasn't luck. It It wasn't a chance that saved you. And so we see all of these options that the world gives. The world will give you the options that, uh, that religion can provide. The world will give you the option that education can provide. The world will give you the option that money can provide. The world will give you the option that philosophy can provide. But at the end of the day, all of those things will leave you in sin. All of those things will leave you bound. All of those things will leave you a, a, a slave. There is only one that can set the captive free. He has come to set you free. His name is Jesus He is the Son of the living God, and whom the Son sets free will be free indeed. Somebody say amen in the house of God this morning. And so Paul says, God forbid that I should boast or glory, take pride in any other thing except the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians, and he said the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. It is, it is foolishness to those who are losing their soul. People look at the cross and they think, how can that help me? They look at Christ on the cross and they think of weakness. They think of shame. They think of, of a, a man forsaken by God. But Paul said, to those who are perishing, it is foolishness. But to those who are being saved, the cross is the power and the wisdom of God. Because the Bible says this, the world by its wisdom did not come to know God. The world through its education, through its money, through its accomplishments could not come to know God. But the world can only come to know God through the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so Paul says the world through its wisdom did not come to know God. So God chose The foolishness of the message of the gospel to confound the wise. God chose this gospel of the cross of Christ to put men and their pride to shame. He says this because the preaching of the cross is power to those who believe. Do you understand that this morning? The cross of Jesus Christ is power. It is the power of God. Your life, it is the power of God to deliver the soul of man, it is the power of God and the wisdom of God. And so, I encourage you this morning put your confidence in Jesus, boast in Jesus, trust in Jesus, look to Jesus, ask for Jesus because Jesus is the greatest gift that you and I could ever have. And so, the writer uh, of the book, the prophet. In Jeremiah, he says this. He says, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Any wise people here? Come on, everybody's wise this morning. Any wise people here? Great, I'm glad we're wise. We ought to be wise. We ought to desire a good knowledge of things. We ought to desire to make good decisions. We ought to desire to have wisdom. But don't boast in your wisdom. Don't boast in what you know. He says, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. Any rich people in here? Come on, everybody, raise your hand. We're all rich in here. We have so many blessings that God has given to us. Some of you have cars and houses and and you have jobs that you're proud of. And God has blessed you. You have fine clothes and you have have, uh, the ability to bless your family. And you look around and you see the goodness of God. Say amen, somebody. I know I'm talking about Kingsway Church this morning. I know God has blessed you because it seems like every Sunday for the last half year I've been blessing cars after church. So I know God has been blessing you. But can I tell you something? Don't boast in your riches don't boast in your bank account don't boast in your paycheck because those things come and those things go but as far as God is concerned he is the permanent fixture in your life he remains faithful through every season of your life let not the rich man boast in his riches or the strong man in his strength, any strong people in here this morning? Come on, I know you guys work out. I know you work out, or you're planning to, right? January first, Pastor, I will be at the the gym. Well, you know, he says, don't boast in your strength. You know, there are some some people that have muscle in places that I don't even have. Places. I'm just I'm just amazed at how strong some people are, and yet, you know, not all of our strengths are physical. Sometimes our strength is is emotional. Some of you have emotional strength. And I marvel at you as you go through life. And I've seen members of this church who buried loved ones. And who have lost big parts of their life. And yet have the strength to move on, to go forward, to continue to bless somebody else. And I see the strength that God has given to you. Others of you have intellectual strength. You have the capacity to come up with new ideas, to innovate, to transform the the company that you work for. But friends... Don't boast in your strengths because your strength will fail someday. Someday your strength will come to its end. Someday the young man will be an old man. Someday the man who knows everything will know nothing. But you and I have something in which to boast that's greater than wisdom. It's greater than strength. It's greater than riches. It's Jesus. He is our boast. He is our confidence. He is the greatest gift. That you and I could ever possess. What does the scripture say? Let him who boasts boast of this that he knows the Lord. Do you know the Lord this morning? You see, if you know everything but you don't know the Lord, you don't know anything. If you have everything but you don't have the Lord, you don't have anything. So the Bible encourages us this morning to boast in this, I know the Lord. You know, sometimes all we have left to boast in is the Lord. Because sometimes life is hard. Sometimes we face challenges. Sometimes we go through trials and storms. And there is no strength left. There is no wisdom left. And there is no finances left, no resources left. I know that many many times we go through through seasons in our life where we don't have the answers and we don't have the strength and we don't have the resources friends, when you have learned to boast in God you discover that God has the answers and God has the strength and God has the resources come on somebody, so boast in Him, get to know Him If you're going to boast, boast in this, that you know God. That you can hear His voice. That you are walking with Him. That He is is near to you. For the Bible says that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted, and He hears their cry. The Bible tells us that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers Him out of them all. So you see, this Christmas As I think about all the things that you and I could receive, I want to encourage you to do this. To say, Lord, give me Jesus. Give me a relationship with Jesus. Friend, if you don't know the Lord this morning, you can know him this morning. You can make Jesus the Lord of your life this very morning. You don't have to walk another day in darkness. You can know Jesus today. You can come to him and say, Lord, I need you. I need a Savior. I need your forgiveness. I need your grace. And the Bible said, Jesus said, no one who comes unto me will I under any circumstances turn away. I won't turn you away. I will receive you unto myself. That's how generous God is this morning. He's not hiding out in the back room behind a whole bunch of, uh, of angels trying to avoid the church. He's right here in front of you saying, I want to know you. And I want you to know me. I want to walk with you. And I want you to walk with me. I want you to know my peace. To know my joy. To know my grace. You see this morning. If you don't know the Lord. You can know him by simply putting your faith in him. By confessing your sin to him. And allowing him to come into your heart. And take control of your life. He said, but preacher. I'll never know as much of the Bible as you know. Don't worry about that. That's not what saves you. That's not what's going to get you into the presence of God. It's the name of Jesus. It's faith in Jesus that has has enabled you to be able to call on God today and receive the forgiveness of your sins. But you know, maybe you've walked with the Lord in the past. Maybe you have experienced moments of spiritual high when you were walking so close to God you thought you were almost in heaven. Moments when you experienced the presence of God so vividly, so clearly, and today you say, Pastor, I feel dry. I feel like I don't even have a connection with God anymore. I feel like I can't hear His voice. I feel like, like God is far away from me. Maybe you say, Pastor, I just don't feel like it makes sense anymore. Can I tell you, friend, draw near to God Draw near to God. Call upon him while he is near. If you feel like he's far away, the Bible said the arm of the Lord is not not short, nor is his ear dull, that he cannot hear you. If you will call on him by faith, he will come and He'll revive your soul. He will give you a new a new spiritual life and give you power again and strength again. And if you need revival this morning, Jesus is the reviver of the soul. He'll come and set that fire again in your heart. Just say, give me Jesus. I want Jesus in my life. Maybe you say, Pastor, I know the Lord. I'm walking with Him. I'm getting to know him more every day, then you need to sing like we used to sing in the old Pentecostal church. I want more and more of Jesus. You see, you can't ever get too much of Jesus. You can't ever get too much of him. The old song says he gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. Oh, friend, each day with Jesus is sweeter. Each day with Jesus, you come to know a new part of him. A new degree of his love and grace for your life. And so this morning, if you say, Pastor, I have a good sound, growing relationship with God, I encourage you to say, Lord, I want more of Jesus in my life. I want more of Jesus. Because you see, friend, it's when you think you've had enough. It's when you think you've reached the pinnacle. It's when you think that you've gotten into a secure place that backsliding begins. It's that place where people start to think, I, I got this now. I've got it figured out. And some of you this morning, I hate to say it, but some of you this morning, your heart is backslidden from God. you rolled back from God. And today he's calling you to himself. He's telling you, I want what we have had before. I want you to walk with me and know me and trust me and love me because I love you. And I want to revive your soul. It you to walk in the fullness and the newness of spiritual life. This morning, would you say that with me in your heart? Would you just say, Lord, of all the things you could give me this year, give me Jesus. Would you stand with me this morning? I want to open up this altar to anybody this morning that would say, I want more of Jesus in my life. I want more of God. Maybe this morning you need to say, I need more of God in my life. Maybe this morning you say, Pastor Isaac, I have never made a commitment of my life to Christ. I don't know what you're talking about this morning. I don't know what it is to have my sins forgiven. Today, God wants you to know him. And he's provided the means of doing that through the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I'm going to pray for us first, and then I'm going to make this invitation. So I'm going to ask you to bow your head with me. Father, I just pray this morning that if there is any within the sound of my voice who does not know you as their Savior, whether it's here in this sanctuary or online somewhere, I just pray that you would bring conviction of sin of righteousness, and of judgment this morning. I pray that they would not be able to resist the call of the Holy Spirit this morning, but that they would say yes to Christ, that they would say yes to the invitation to have life in Jesus. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I want to make this first invitation. If you're there, you say, Pastor Isaac, I want to to invite Jesus into my heart. I've never made a commitment of my life to Christ. If that's you this morning, would you just raise your hand right where you are? If that's you, anybody out there that would say, Pastor Isaac, I want to give my life to Christ this morning. I need Jesus in my life. If that's you, friend, you can know him today. Just raise your hand right where you are if that's you. Amen. I see you there. Anybody else this morning that would like to come? Jesus said, I won't turn you away. Doesn't matter where you've been. Doesn't matter what you've done. Jesus says, I won't turn you away. I'll receive you to myself. Amen. I'm going to ask the elders to come if you would. Would you come also? If you raised your hand, would you come? The elders are going to pray with you. They're going to lead you in a prayer this morning. This is a prayer of faith, a prayer of confession to God. And as they do, just pray with them and let Jesus come into your heart, into your life by faith. Aren't you excited this morning for what God is doing in these lives? Now I want to invite the rest of the church. Everybody else in here who says, Pastor Isaac, I want more of Jesus in my life. Would you just come into this altar? Come on, if you're hungry for God. If you're hungry for his presence, he says, call upon me while I am near." Would you just come into this altar? Come into this altar with faith. Just make yourself available for God to speak to your heart. Maybe you're saying, Pastor, I need my character to be shaped, I need my life, my appetites. My desires to be made conform to the will of God. I'm gonna just bring that to Jesus this morning. He's the one that has the power to change your life. He's the one that has the power to destroy the chains that have bound you and to give you freedom.